This is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast. I'm continuing to read the insights I've found while seeking to understand what the scriptures say the true church of God should look like. All of this information comes from my free ebook titled The True Church of God, and it can be downloaded freely at the freegiftfromgod.com website. So let me continue reading, and I hope you find something of value in the insights that the Lord has given to me. Today I'm going into the third part of this book, which is Church Structure. Chapter 4, Jesus is the Head. As we begin to look at the structure of the church, we need to understand what it should look like according to the scriptures and the patterns established by the Lord. I began to look at some of these things while looking at the Bride of Christ. You'll recall that the Bride belongs to the Bridegroom, who is Christ, and the Head of the Bride is the Bridegroom. So too we must understand from this that the head of the church is Jesus Christ. In fact, we are told as much in Paul's letter to the Ephesians. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its saviour. And that's Ephesians chapter 5 verse 23. Christ is the head of the church. The church is his body and he is its saviour. Like a human body, there can only be one head. Man is not some kind of mythical hydra with multiple heads. There's only one head. And it is the same for the church. There is only one head. There are not multiple heads. This is the very first thing we must learn and understand about the structure of the church. Christ alone is the sole and single head of the church. What is most important about this is that no man is the head of the church. If a man claims to be the head or even a figurehead of a church, then that church is not structured correctly. As you look around the modern Christian church, you'll see that there are any number of churches that do indeed have one man at the head of the church. They may be called by various names, such as bishop, archbishop, senior pastor, and so on. What distinguishes these men as heads and leaders of the church, is that the ultimate power of the church is vested in them alone. In effect, they have usurped the position and power of the Lord by taking his place. This is a very dangerous thing, both for the man in charge and the congregation under his control. I'll discuss the issues with this in Chapter 8 when we look at Antichrist structures. A church that is structured without Christ at the head is not structured according to the patterns established in Scripture. If it is incorrectly structured, it cannot operate as an effective part of the body of Christ. It is not a part of the bride of Christ because it has substituted someone other than Christ as the bridegroom. And if they are not part of the body of Christ, they are not worshipping him correctly. So the very first thing regarding the structure of the church, whether you're already in a church or planning to establish a new church, is to ensure that the head of the church is Christ. Christ has established a process of governance in the church, which is often quite different to what we see in many churches today. Power over any church should never be vested in one person. There should not ever be one person who has overall and overarching control. Another issue we see in the modern church is the burnout of pastors and ministers. Pastors, ministers and leaders in the church, especially medium-sized churches, are burning out because they are simply under too much pressure. They have far too much responsibility and too much to do. 
the congregations perceive them to be the head of the church and thus expect them to supply all of their spiritual needs as well as many emotional, psychological and sometimes physical needs as well. They are expected to be pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, administrators, healers, counsellors, worship leaders, confidants and so much more. This is wrong and Pastor Burnett can be stopped when the church is correctly structured so that the responsibility of ministry is placed where it rightly belongs. When one man, or woman too, becomes the head of the church or is perceived to be the head of the church by the congregation, then all of these issues will arise. However, when the church is correctly structured, these issues cease to exist because the workload of the church is spread evenly to those who are best placed to do the work. Without going into great detail, recall that Jesus selected the twelve apostles to carry on the work of the church after he died and was resurrected. He did not place the burden on just one man, but spread the work across the twelve. And later on, when the church grew and became too great a strain on the twelve, they appointed others to share the load. Even Moses, when he was overwhelmed, was instructed by his father-in-law to appoint others to handle the minor issues so that Moses would not be burned out. This is the way that the Lord expects the church to be structured, where many hands make light work. The Lord has established a structure to ensure this happens. When the pattern he set forth is followed, no one man ends up as the head or perceived head of the church, having to bear the burden of everything in the church. The process for governance in the true Christian church is by and through a group of elders who are all equals. None is greater or lesser than another, and there is no senior elder who has the final say or ultimate control. There are a group of co-equal elders charged by the Lord to oversee his church on earth. And they recall and know always that it is his church, not their church, because there is only one head of the church, Jesus Christ. That's all I have for this week. I hope you found it interesting, and I hope you'll join me again next week as I continue in looking at these aspects of the true church of God. And next time, I'm going to be looking at elders. All of the information I'm covering here is contained in a free ebook titled The True Church of God that can be downloaded from the freegiftfromgod.com website. So until next week, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast signing off and hoping you have a blessed week ahead. God bless. God bless.